Life Audio. Coming up on this episode of Encouragement for You, Chick-fil-A Chairman Dan Cathy talks success, and Christian Life Coach John Coleman discusses mental health. Welcome to the Encouragement for You podcast, brought to you by Encouragement Communications in association with the Salem Web Network and is part of the Life Audio Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. In just a moment, your host, Don Hawkins, will introduce today's episode. First, a word from our sponsors. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Let's talk about how we define success. Don Hawkins interviews then Chick-fil-A president Dan Cathy on what success looks like as a Christian. The following interview came from a broadcast that aired in July 2008. While some details of this episode may be slightly dated, the encouragement and advice is just as relevant today as it was that summer. Dan, though, I want to touch on these four areas, um, the mental, the emotional, the physical, and the spiritual. Let's start with the mental. How would you define success mentally? Well, you know, the Bible clearly says that we're, we're to keep our minds sharp. We need to be ready to give an account. We need hmm. to be ready to, you know, give a defense for our faith. And uh, so we need, to, we need to know God's Word. We need to memorize God's Word. And so I want to think about keeping my mind sharp. It, uh, it means for me that I've got to have God's Word hid in my heart. That means I need to let it roll across my mind. A new verse of Scripture, Don, is a new one for me from here. I call it my pocket knife. Right. Uh, relative to pocket God. sword. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's, it's Matthew chapter 12, and uh, it says, uh, For out of the overflow of the heart the mouth uh, shall speak. Hmm. And it's the, the good man brings forth good things out of the good stored up in him. Well, the good stored up in, in any of us can be nothing less than God's Word. And so our minds need to be sharp and sharp with the understanding of indelible, timeless principles of God's Word. So, mm. you know, obviously when we think about our mind, it's that. But, you know, it's related to our certainly our job, our profession as well. We need to be good students. We need to be, you know, studying examples of excellence. I love to see what's going on in business and see what's so I can make be a student. Someone said when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. We all need to be students. I jokingly tell some people when I subscribe to magazines, sometimes they have a little box that you can check there if you're a student. And I'll kind of yeah. check the box. Now, 
to be honest with you, sometimes you get a discount on the magazine subscription. <laughs> but uh, more importantly, it, you get to remind yourself, hey, am I still the student that I need to be? So, you know, let, let's be students. And regardless if we're 8 or we're 80, you know, we need to all be students, learning and, yeah. and having mentors and people that we can can study and continue to have a learning attitude. Dan, two men who modeled this, uh, and I think you know probably where I'm going with this, who are still students well into their 80s, your dad and my dad. Uh, you know, we've had your dad, Truett Cathy, over here, founder of Chick-fil-A, uh, to speak at Southeastern Bible College. I've had the privilege of visiting with him on a number of occasions. Uh, he is as sharp as a tack, and he continues to be a student. Well, it's amazing, Don. I get articles that my dad rips out of restaurant trade magazines that we that we get in our office all the time and he'll he'll rip those articles out and he'll write a little note to it at the top of it and he'll send it to my attention it amazes me that he still reads all these restaurant <laughs> trade magazines when he's 86 years old so you know that tells me he's on top of his game he's up on what's going on He's not just up on what's going on at Chick-fil-A, but we keep up with Wendy's and Kentucky Fried Chicken and McDonald's and all the other folks that are out there because he, he's, just, he's just interested. And yeah. so he's the exemplary model, uh, as you say. It's wonderful that we can have godly parents that are continued to model the attitude of a student well into their 80s. Uh, Dan, um, the emotional is another area in which we probably need to redefine success from uh, the world typically thinks uh, if you're happy, you're successful. If you're delirious, you're super successful. Yeah, you know, our emotions are wonderful driving energy forces. I think that God wants to direct in our life. He, he created you know, these emotions and passions that, that, uh, that move us and inspire us and that can be used to, to strengthen and, and help us in our areas and, and, and help other people. Or those emotions, just like anything else, can be used to be incredibly destructive. And uh, so I, I just think that uh, you know, the Bible gives us a lot to say about managing our heart, guarding our heart. And uh, if we just keep our emotions in balance and focused, I know that uh, many times I tell Chick-fil-A operators, you know, when you walk into one of our restaurants, you know, everybody, you come out like an emotional thermostat. And if you, you're dragging around, you're a two or three when everybody else is feeling really good, as the leader, you'll suck that whole business down to a two or three when they were at a seven or eight. And uh, if you're, you know, at a one or two on that one to ten emotional scale, you may have to sit out there and listen to Stephen Curtis Chapman or some other inspiring singer to get your emotions kind of focus back up where they need to be and feeling good and actions trigger feelings just as feelings trigger actions and mm. you'll learn to have and get in the habit of having a positive countenance uh, I, I believe that paul was very clear that we should be happy in all things of all people that should be happy and positive it should be believers and not get in this habit of you know dragging around and having a you know despondent attitude i just don't think that's biblical and when we Look at what the Bible had to say about rejoicing in all things. Yeah. You know, God is at work in our life. It's very clear. We have all th- we should be a happy, positive people. 
Yeah, First Thessalonians chapter 5 is the passage you're citing there, Dan. And uh, he says, literally, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. That's in uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16. A great reminder. And in the Old Testament, uh, David said in Psalm 42, 5, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the help of my countenance. So that countenance, you're absolutely right. God wants it to be pointed in the right direction, and that is uh, the joy of the Lord, which is, according to Nehemiah, is really our strength. But, Don, in the absence of this scripture, this is where I think we get the world gets kind of twisted around. And while we Mm -hmm. are watching television and some of these uh, things that we see on the afternoon, in the absence of scripture, we think that circumstance and and the checkbook and what kind of clothes we have and how much time we spend at the spa, you know, those things are going to create, give us joy and happiness when it's very evident and clear through life experiences that's just simply not going to be the case. It may be very temporal, but real joy is going to come when we got our minds focused on what the Bible has to say, what you just said right there. Memorize those verses of Scripture, then we can be joyful in all circumstances. Dan, we want to talk about the physical realm. What does Scripture tell us about physical success? Well, I'll give you a Scripture verse here. As you know, it talks about our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. We see really the extremes today. We see all this um, cosmetic surgery that's on, on one end. But then on the other hand, we see that we live in a society where we're the most out-of-shape people that we've ever been. We're in a lethargic, complacent, sedative side. In fact, the biggest issue, healthy crisis we face in America is obesity, particularly among young people who are losing their ability to, to process sugars, diabetes, problems with the, with the pancreas. And as a result, we see both. We see the extremes over-consciousness of, uh, of physical and physique, and then and on the other hand, we see the other extreme of not taking care of ourselves. But the Bible says that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. I think yeah. we need to give good good judgment, and, and let's watch what we eat. Let's get the sleep that we need. We need a little weight training, a little resistance training. Uh, we need to watch what we eat, even though we have Chick-fil-A milkshakes. Uh, on our menu, I recommend get out and do some jogging so you can earn that. Make it a prize. Make it a reward. Thomas is listening tonight over New Life FM in Stone Mountain, Georgia. Hello, Thomas. I wanted to thank you all for discussing grace after 74 years of life and 50 years of ministry. I pastor a church in Decatur, Georgia. Mm-hmm. I've, I've overcome, however, with Scripture only. But the most difficult thing I ever had in my life was to deal with how grace through faith saves us and not works. Mm. Because I was raised in a very legal church that you are saved by what you do, and God blesses you by what you do, and God's open doors for you by what you do. And we're inundated. I'm a black preacher. And I'm inundated by television and radio with people telling people, the more you do, the more God will do for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm uh, so grateful that it is by the grace of God. And, and Brother Campy, thank you so much for your testimony. And to know that there are people out there, uh, after these many years, who are suffering with the agony of trying to please God. Brother Thomas, we just praise God for how he's using you. You, know, you never know... Thomas, who's been sitting in those pews 
and the lies. You know, it may be 50 people, it may be 500 or 5,000, but, um, you know, how many people might be out there that that your ministry that you have to them Sunday by Sunday, Wednesday by Wednesday, ministry throughout the week that you have and pouring into the lives of lay people who are out there. And then when the service begins, which really for me is on Monday morning, that's really when the service is just getting started, that they've been prepared, they've been loaded, they've been motivated, they've been equipped by the by the ministry that you're having that in, in turn touches hundreds and thousands of lives. I'm so thankful for my pastor, Reese Stenner, and I'm under his his direction. I'm under his uh, teaching each Sunday, and I have the opportunity, just like we're having here tonight, you know, to reflect on God's Word through the influence of a pastor just like you. Oh, God bless you. And thank you all so much for this opportunity to just share my testimony. After the break... Don Hawkins will talk with Christian therapist and life coach John Coleman about caring for your mental health. Yes, even Christians face mental health crises. On this episode of Encouragement for You, Don interviews John Coleman, Christian therapist and life coach, on how to be encouraged even during discouraging times. Good to have John Coleman back with me. John has served as a senior pastor and interim hospital chaplain. He's a life coach, credential through the Professional Christian Coaching Institute. He's received training in leadership coaching through the John Maxwell Group. He's a member of the curriculum team of Master Life Coach Training Institute and teaches counseling at Letourneau University. And John, what do you do in your spare time? <laughs> Sleep. Yes. Uh, John, you raised the question that we're going to address. It's kind of a core question, and it has to be in the minds of many people, given all of the mental health issues, the rising tide of depression, of anxiety disorders. Is it a sin to suffer from a mental health issue, to be depressed, or to suffer from anxiety? Unequivocally, I'm going to say, based on what we know and observe, no. I'm so glad to hear you say that, because... A lot of people feel that if they are depressed, mm. they are somehow sinning. Now, we can't say that sin never causes depression, That's can right. we? One of the things that we see as coaches and even just as Christians, we see these people who think that either depression or anxiety also indicates somehow a lack of faith. Yeah. They just don't have enough. That if they just had more faith, yeah. they wouldn't be depressed, they wouldn't be anxious. And we know that's not always the case either. Now, mental health issues are not sin, and Christian coaching can come alongside and help. Your thoughts on that? Absolutely. And I'm going to use one of my favorite Greek words. Okay. Parosmos. Ah. Coaching is what parosmos means, which is taking that which is already in something or somebody, mm -hmm. pulling it out and using it to make something better, something improved. Ooh. So what we as coaches do is we're not diagnosticians. We don't do treatments. We're yeah. not counselors. We're not psychologists or psychiatrists. What we do is go alongside somebody and say, you have within you that which, if we take it out and look at it, let you talk about it, think about it, pray about it, 
It could be the resolution of some issues that you have in your life. Yeah. Part of what we want to do is to keep them from getting to where they are feeling hopeless. hopeless. Yeah, Hopeless is a lack of hope. It's a lack of future. Yeah. I feel there is no future. It's not going to get better yeah. tomorrow. It's yeah. not going to get better. Ever. Helplessness. I can't do anything about it. But if but, I have hope. I may be yes. able to regain the ability and, and to And a coach can take someone who feels helpless and say, here are a couple of things that you can think about, that you can pray about, that you can remember yeah. that will keep you from getting too hopeless. And one of those is you're not going through this alone. How do you decide whether you need a counselor or a coach? And in the process of that, and by the way, one of the things I used to teach my students in broadcasting, if you're interviewing somebody, never ask them a double question. I'm going to do that. Uh, help us understand the difference between coaching and counseling. Coaching, as I, as I said a while ago, is taking what's already in a person yeah. and saying, you know what? The answer to a lot of your life issues or questions, we can begin to deal with what you already know and what you already believe, what your values are, what your goals are. Yeah. Counseling, which is very directive, will take a person and say, here's what's wrong with you. Mm, yeah. Here's what you need to do to fix it. It's more of a medical model. And by Co wrong with you, it may not be morally wrong, oh, but, no, no. but it's, it's like yeah. we need to fix something. There's right. something not working Your right. Your car is not you. working. It yeah. left you by the side of the road. What then. coaching yeah. does, Don, is say, here's what's right with you. Yeah. Now let's build on that. So maybe a tune-up would be the corollary with let's automobiles. Let's total it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Let's, let's just but tune it You up. may need a new transmission. That's a whole different animal. Oh. And, and I think that's part of it there. A coach who can tell after a while if a person is just not responding to any of the things that, that they are coaching around or talking about may suggest that they see somebody to get a little bit more yeah. in-depth right. look at it. Coaches refer to counselors. Counselors, and after they work versa. with you, yeah. they'll refer back to a coach, yeah. and he can help you move forward, which is the real idea. You remember the stage coaches? You and I both live in Texas. Mm. They never had a reverse gear. That's right. <laughs> they were always moving forward. Or going in a circle. That, but you yeah, could they never did go around up. the circle, you but you never don't back, back up. up. That's, That's true. Right. Keep right. that in mind. How has the church responded, and how should we be responding? think really overall the church universal has responded fairly well where i'm concerned and and certainly what i i see and i know you see as well are those churches or those individuals uh, in a church or in a community of faith who see mental health issues as being problems to be solved yeah jesus never said you need to solve the problem. He said you need to love the person. Yes. And so churches and church members and Christians can say, you know what? I may not understand your particular issue. Yeah. I don't of, stigmatize it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, part of it, too, Don, is that we just often are afraid of or avoid those things we don't understand. Yeah. And I think part of coaching is helping people, not just people who are suffering from something, but their family members, their friends, and the people they may even work with, help them to understand that this is not a bad thing necessarily. This yeah. is something that needs to be 
loved on and addressed scripturally. And when it is, amazing things can Mm, happen. People can make progress. For people three months, six months, a year down the line with some care. And soul care is a term soul that care. a lot of people use, yes. you know, and caring for them emotionally, caring for them spiritually, and even caring for them physically, getting the help they need there uh, can make a huge uh, difference. One of the amazing things that, that I see is that somebody who is feeling down yeah. about their life situation slowly, sometimes really slowly, but slowly but surely, that light bulb comes on that says, you know what? I'm not the only one suffering this, and I certainly am not the only one who is beginning to find a way out of this. What we know is that the World Health Organization says that one in four people are now experiencing something that's just not right. And Mm. we'll call them mental health issues. But that's not new from day one. God's people have suffered mentally, emotionally, Mm -hmm. physically, even Jesus yeah. Himself when he was out. in the Garden yes. of Gethsemane and praying, it actually said he was deeply depressed. Deeply depressed. Yeah. And so, friend, if Jesus, who lived a perfect life, suffered from depression at a point in his life, then you need not feel guilty over feeling depressed. But the good news is there is hope. And that's where we want to talk about these reassurances for those who have trusted Christ, those who are believers, believers. in light of these challenges. What is reassurance number one, John? Reassurance number one is something that we've kind of touched on already, and that is you are not going to go through this alone. Mm. Not only are there millions of people out there who are suffering in some way, not feeling just exactly themselves about life. We know that God is going to be with you. The Holy Spirit is going to walk with you. And if you have a good friend, a good family member, a good coach, we will walk beside you as well. So number one is you may feel like you're the only one down like this, but you're not. So reassurance number one, you are not Not alone. alone. What's reassurance number two? Coming to an understanding that it's not your fault. Mm. Now, Sometimes that that guilt, sometimes that guilt will eat at us and we'll think, I should have done something else. I should not have done this. Maybe if I'd have done this or said this or gone there. Yeah. It's not your fault. We play the what ifs, the if onlys, and it's real easy to do those things. But it's not your fault. Now, again, if there is sin in our lives, then we can confess it. First John 1, 9 makes it clear we can confess our sins, and God is faithful to forgive us and to cleanse us. Uh, but so many times we feel guilty over something that really is not it's, ours it's, to feel. It's, it's human nature, Don, for us to want to take responsibility not only for our situations but for everybody else's as well. And it's easy for us to get overwhelmed into thinking that it's my fault And quite frankly, you know, if you go back and look in in the book of James, James 4, where the author writes, you know, draw near to God. Yes. And he will draw near to you Mm -hmm. every day. Pray every day. Confess every day. You ask for that forgiveness. And every day you start with a clean slate and God will draw near to you even in your darkest moments. Two reassurances down. We have number three, John. Number three is knowing that God sees you and God is with you, which Mm, sounds a lot like number one, but number one is more about 
other people, not yeah. so much. Don, it is. It. I just. I, I'm convicted by the number of people who say, you know what? I think God has just left me. He's off in the distance. He's somewhere. gone. He's yeah. gone. He doesn't care about me. He's. He's. He's got bigger things to take care of than little old me. Yeah. And they feel abandoned by their God, their yeah. Father. How many times did Jesus give his disciples and the multitudes that he talked to the assurance? There is a fourth reassurance, John, that I think can provide an ounce of prevention for people who may not be at the point we've been talking about tonight, but they could perhaps find themselves there a week from now, a month from now, a year from now. I I agree with you, and that is, I would say that fourth reassurance is remembering and believing that God's Word speaks to your situation. Mm, The Bible has never been afraid at all of talking about emotional or mental anguish, even physical issues. You can look at Job. You can look at the laments in the Psalms. Look at King David. Look at Elijah, the prophet who suffered from depression. Mm. We can see all through the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, where the Bible didn't whitewash it. No. But the Bible said there is reassurance there for you. Psalms come in different varieties, and some of them are laments. They are crying out to God. Psalm 25 says, Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. Psalm 42 says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation. The Psalms which were Jesus's and the disciples' Hmm. prayer book and hymn book growing up, also speaks to us and our hearts. Yeah. And it's interesting, Psalm 42.5 is replicated in Psalm 43.5. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted or in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Very subtle difference, but almost the same words. I'll tell you a phrase that I hear a lot more of lately, on that I have in a long, long time. And that's when people say, and I cried out. I cried out to God. Yeah. People are expressing their their sense of helplessness and maybe even their discouragement by crying out to God. They can read the scriptures, pray those scriptures, and then pray to God, cry yeah. out to God for mm-hmm. deliverance. Yeah. And God is good to forgive and deliver. Such a good reminder. Review us. Remember three laws of learning. You're the professor. Repetition, repetition, repetition. and repetition. Number three. Tell them what you're going to tell them. Tell them what you told them. Tell them. Tell them. Yeah. So number one was you are not in this alone. Number two is it's not your fault. Number three is God sees you and is with you. And number four is God's word speaks to you, both before your situation and after, as well as during your situation. There's, again, so many people, as John said, who've been in the same boat Mm. you have been in. Mm. They have cried out to God. God has helped them. God has delivered them. We can help people accept that 
that we cannot solve all yeah. our problems right. on our own, that we really can expect a better future in our relationship with, with God through Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's sort of like what Jesus told his disciples in the upper room in John 16. In this world, you will have, you will not have. you may. Not you may, but yeah. you will. Yeah. yeah, but be of good cheer, take courage. I have overcome the world. Mm-hmm. What a great, great promise that is. Mm-hmm. I think... One of the, one of the things that makes me feel really good after a good coaching session is one in which I have helped that person yeah. expect a better future for themselves yeah. or their goals in a very realistic way. Thank you for listening to this episode of Encouragement for You with Don Hawkins host of Encouragement Live Radio and author of over 25 books, including Never Give Up and Master Discipleship Today. You can find more about Don and his books at encouragementlive.org. Encouragement for You is a production of Encouragement Communications with the Salem Web Network and lifeaudio.com. Editing by Phil Gebers, production by Elizabeth Andrade. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. It really does help people find us. Let me take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on Encouragement for You. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Stay encouraged and join us next time for Encouragement for You. And oftentimes, you know, you're chasing happiness, but you don't know that God is the best way to achieve the happiness you're looking for. And so I was trying to end my suffering by sinning, but I only ended up sinning my way into more suffering. That was Grammy winner Lecrae unpacking his testimony on The Walk, a podcast for worshipers. Join us weekly to hear artists, songwriters, worship leaders, filmmakers, and other creatives tell stories in the form of a devotional. The Walk can be found on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast platform.